Girlfriends, episode number 228. Three things to do when God feels far away. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about those times when God feels far away. What can we do? What should we do? Many of us are feeling that way these days. Can't wait to get started on this important conversation. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for the newest episode of the Girlfriends podcast. First and foremost, I want to thank those of you who connected with me through the Catholic Marriage Summit. I've been talking about that the past few shows here on Girlfriends, and I was excited to see a number of faces that I recognized from Girlfriends in the comments over there at the Catholic Marriage Summit, which took place uh, sponsored by joyfuleverafter.org, a really great opportunity that Dan and I had to share a little bit about the sacrament of marriage. If you haven't uh, checked that out, if you haven't heard of it, it's too late for this year, but you're going to want to be looking for that next year. I'm sure there are going to be future events coming from there. It was a fantastic first event of its kind, and um, I hope that if they do it again in the future, Dan and I will again have the opportunity to be a part of it. So many thanks to the people over at joyfuleverafter.org, and many thanks to those of you who showed up there to cheer us on in the comments and let me know on Facebook that you were watching, you were listening, and um, giving us that positive feedback for what we shared over there. Speaking of marriage and speaking of my projects with my husband, Dan, the two of us have a book out called The Manual for Marriage, and that's newly released from tanbooks.com. You're going to want to check this out if you are want to be married, if you are newly married, if you are longtime married, if you know someone who's married that you'd like to give it to as a gift, if you know someone newly engaged. So for those of you who are familiar with my manual for women, this is a very similar format where it's in a, a beautiful leather-like bound book. This one has a, a brown cover with a nice little symbol on the top of it. Um, there's no like flashy title page or, you know, anything like that. It's like a very prayerful book and it's got kind of gold accents on it. Really, you, you have to hold it or at least see the pictures of it to do it justice. So you can check it out over at tanbooks.com or look it up on Amazon. I'll also have it linked in the show notes to this episode of the Girlfriends podcast. And if you're interested in knowing what the contents are like, I'll just briefly share with you here, but then you can go and you can check out that link afterwards. But I'll briefly share before we dive into the topic for this week that um, the book is set up very much like the Manual for Women in that it has a front section, which is essay format, personal reflections, and then it has a back section, uh, the second part, part two, which is a compilation of resources, a collection of quotes from scripture, prayers about marriage, wisdom from the saints, even some hymns in there, just a beautiful collection of things that you can go through very prayerfully in, in quiet prayer time. So it is a prayer book in that sense. But the first part is uh equal parts by Dan and me, and you do know who's speaking in each part. So there's a, a little reflection on the different themes that we take up in it, marriage as a sacrament, marriage as vocation, sacrificial love, mutual love, meaning the differences between the sexes, and then finally home and family life. And um, you get to hear Dan's voice and then my voice on each of those topics. So if you're interested in checking that out, check out the link at ascensionpress.com in the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast that are always available there. Or you can go yourself to tanbooks.com. They have it on their homepage right now. 
But I am excited to dive into this week's topic because we're talking about when God feels far away. And you know what? We all go through times like this. So let's start out by saying that, by sharing that, that we all do go through times when we feel like God's far away, whether it's very personally in your own life, you're not feeling God's presence in your own life. Maybe you usually have a very rich and deep prayer life, but you're just not feeling it recently, or whether you're not feeling God's presence in the world at large and that, who isn't feeling that these days? Looking at the news, looking at the different kinds of violence that are are taking place in our country, the political unrest, the division, the injustice that's taking place, and then the injustice that's being protested, sometimes in ways that are equally unjust. You know, we've got so many things that are going on in our world today. And so many opportunities for us to possibly feel like, where is God in all of this? What is going on here? Like God promised to be with us, but I'm not feeling his presence when I turn on the news, right? So if you're feeling at all like that, we talked a little bit um, when we reflected on that scripture passage last week from Luke, from the Gospel of Luke about casting out your nets. Talked a little bit about our personal response to times when we are feeling like we don't know what to do in the face of terrible news, terrible things going on in our country. Um, But I want to talk a little bit more about how we can personally take action in our own lives, even if you are very personally feeling like God is far away in your own personal life, in your own spiritual life, perhaps in ways you haven't experienced before. So I've just got three basic ways that we can respond to times like that that I'm going to share with you here. Of course, there are lots more. There's lots more that we can talk about with regard to this topic, but I hope that what I share here will maybe encourage you to reflect on it a bit yourself, how you respond to times in your life when God feels far away, maybe what might be more useful ways to respond or what has helped you in the past during those times of, you know, we call it spiritual dryness sometimes, like you're in the desert, right? And so first of all, before I share my three ideas, my three main things that we can do to respond when God feels far away, let's think about that, that it feels like a time in the desert. And Jesus himself experienced that, right? We know he spent 40 days in the desert. We always read that passage at the beginning of the Lenten season each year to remind us that Jesus too experienced that part of humanity, being alone in the desert. But we also know he experienced those feelings of abandonment where he was alone in the garden of Gethsemane before the day of his passion and death on the cross and felt very much alone and very much abandoned by his friends and very much wanting to say no to what God was calling him to do, what what God the Father was laying out for him. And yet at the same time, laying down his own will in favor of the Father's. And, and that's such a beautiful example for us. And that's the example we need to focus on. Wherever you are in your life, if you are feeling like God isn't there for you, God isn't with you, I want to invite you to maybe read that, that passage from Scripture about Jesus in the garden and how Jesus speaks those words in his moment of desperation, in his moment of feeling very alone and abandoned. He speaks those words, not my will, but your will be done. I pray that you'll take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. And sometimes those are very hard words for us to pray, but that's the beautiful example that is set before us of Jesus himself in a moment of struggle, in a moment where he was feeling very afraid of what lay ahead. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you are feeling frightened about what's going on in your world. Maybe you're feeling frightened for financial reasons or for health concerns 
or for the just the political unrest that we see in the world around us or right outside your front door, perhaps. And maybe it's scary in a moment like that to say to God, not my will, but your will be done, especially when we don't feel like he's right there being our buddy, being our pal. It's wonderful when you can have that kind of spiritual consolation in your prayer life, like God is truly present and you can feel that Jesus is your friend and is truly present for you. And of course he is. But during those times when perhaps we're not feeling it, when perhaps it's more challenging to recognize God's real presence in our lives, it takes a lot of bravery to step out in faith and say anyway, not my will, but your will be done. But Jesus sets us that beautiful example. And I want to invite you to focus on that. But the three things that I want to encourage you to do during times when it feels like perhaps God is far away, first and foremost, this is going to be the no-brainer, the big duh moment, pray. Okay, pray. But this is something we do need to be reminded to do because when God feels far away in those times in our lives, when perhaps we aren't feeling that spiritual consolation, that presence of God in ways that feel good and make us feel gratified and make us feel confident that he's there with us, that boost and bolster our faith. When we're not experiencing that, the temptation is to just put it all away. I know I've done this. During times in my life where I'm not feeling like God is right there present, where it's not immediately, I'm not immediately aware of it. It's tempting to say, well, why would I bother praying right now? There's no consolation in that for me. And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to feel like you're knocking on the door and it's not being answered. But I want to encourage you, especially during those times when you might be struggling, to show up in prayer. And now God isn't asking for anything more from you than that. Showing up, showing up in faith, stepping out in faith, saying, here I am, Lord. I am placing myself in your presence. I'm going to be faithful to my daily prayer, even though I'm not feeling it right now. What a gift that is. What a gift that is to give to God, to step out in faith like that. And I know that he can work with that because he's done it for me. Step out in faith, even in those times when you are not feeling it, especially in those times when you're not feeling it by showing up for your daily prayer time, being even more committed to daily prayer during those times. You know, there's a funny story, and I don't know if I've shared it here on the podcast before, but a a priest shared this in a homily once, and it always stuck with me. Um, That's kind of illustrative of this idea of when God feels far away and the ways in which we sometimes in our spiritual lives feel like God has moved away from us. Um, So this cute story is there was an older couple that was driving, and they pulled up at a stoplight next to a young couple that was in their car. And the men were driving and the women were in the passenger seat. And the older couple looked over at the younger couple. And the younger couple had was very, they were very close. They had their arms wrapped, wrapped around each other. The wife had her head on the chest of her husband and they were just snuggled up real close and obviously so very much in love, right? And the older couple observed this scene. And then the, the older woman said to her husband, we used to be like that. And her husband turned to her and said, well, I didn't move. (laughs) And I love this. I love this story because, right, that's true, right? And um, in times in our lives where we feel like God is far away and we might be saying to God, we used to be like that. Remember when you used to be so present in my life? And then imagine perhaps God saying to you, I didn't move because he didn't. We move away from God. 
we're the ones who allow other things to take precedence in our lives, other concerns to pull us away, things to distract us. We can minimize our our time for daily prayer, perhaps in an ongoing way, until all of a sudden we wake up one day and say, hey, God, where are you? I'm not feeling it like I did before. And sometimes there's nobody to blame but ourselves for that feeling, for the fact that, that we're feeling differently, that we're not experiencing God's presence in our lives. And now I'm not saying this to blame you, but I am saying this to encourage you to examine your spiritual life, your commitment to prayer, if you are feeling like God is far away. Are you showing up? And by showing up, I mean having time set aside each day for quiet prayer on your own. And I know many of you are moms. Many of you are moms of even, you know, multiple young children. You're in a busy stage of your life and you are probably rolling your eyes saying, oh, sure, go ahead and tell me that I need to be making more time in my day for quiet prayer. Well, I am going to tell you, you have time for quiet prayer in your day, even if it's only five minutes. You do have that time. I think during times in our lives where we try to tell ourselves or tell other people we don't have five minutes for daily prayer, we're fooling ourselves because you do. You're just spending it on something else. You're choosing something else. And here's your your little tough love lecture of the day. You're choosing something else. You're choosing to spend that time on something else. Maybe something very good. Maybe it's Netflix and that is not a bad thing. Maybe you're scrolling through Instagram and that is not a bad thing. We all need breaks in our lives. But be honest with yourself about how you're spending your time. If you feel like God is far away, first and foremost, make sure you are showing up in good faith, showing up to connect with God. And it doesn't have to look fancy. I shared this on Instagram and it got it got shared multiple times. People really responded to this idea that showing up for daily prayer doesn't have to look any different than this. Sit down somewhere quiet. It might have to be behind a locked bathroom door. Okay. If it's first thing in the morning before your kids get up, it could be, you know, in a quiet space in your living room or in your kitchen or in your bedroom, whatever, or at the end of your day, wherever you can find this quiet five minutes, set the timer on your phone for five minutes and then put it face down somewhere a little distance away from you. And then just sit down, close your eyes, make the sign of the cross, place yourself in God's presence. Open up your heart open up your mind to what God might be trying to speak to you inside of those five minutes. And then you're going to get distracted. So when you get distracted, pull your mind back. When you start thinking about what to make for dinner, pull your mind back. When you start remembering that funny thing that friend, your friend said to you the other day, pull your mind back and keep doing that as many times over as you need to until the timer rings on your phone and then say the sign of the cross again. And that's it. Start there. Start there making that small effort to let God into your life, to open yourself up to what he might be trying to say to you, the ways in which he is truly present to you in your life that you're just not seeing. Open yourself up to that. And then the other part of prayer that I want to mention is ask other people to pray for you. It's okay to do that. You can be a prayer hog for a while. If you're going through a tough thing, if you're having trouble praying, I've had friends who have asked me to pray for them during times when they weren't able to pray for themselves. And they, they shared that, you know, very vulnerably with me. What a beautiful thing. What an opportunity for a friend to be able to lift you up in prayer when you are struggling. Or your husband to be able to pray for you. Let somebody know that you're struggling in this way. Maybe that you're having trouble praying or that you're having trouble feeling God's presence in your life. Ask them to pray for you. 
prayer is a powerful thing. And we have inside the community of saints, right, which is what we are here on earth, connected with our brothers and sisters in heaven and those in purgatory. We're all connected in this beautiful way and we can pray for each other. So ask the people in your life to pray for you, but then ask the saints to pray for you. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta very famously went through what she called a dark night of the soul, where she didn't actively feel God's presence in her life, and yet she remained faithful so she can understand what you might be going through if you're going through a time when God feels far away. Maybe another saint has meaning in your life you feel close to, or you have some personal connection to in some way. Pray to that saint. Ask that saint in heaven to bring your intentions before God because you're struggling to feel his presence in your life. So lock into the power of prayer. That's my first suggestion for you during times when God feels far away. All right, the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to read. Read something that will inspire you. Now, this doesn't mean you have to read something and you're going to all of a sudden be inspired and God's going to feel truly present and you're going to fully acknowledge his presence in all these different ways in your life. Like, it doesn't have to be some magic thing. But there's, I'm sure there is a book, a spiritual work of some kind that has inspired you in the past. Pick it up again. Or the writings of a saint that has inspired you in the past. Look it up. I'm sure you can find even stuff for free online. There's tons that's free in the Kindle store that's from the lives of the saints and all these ancient classics. Or you can spend 99 cents and get these huge volumes, right? Think of something that has encouraged you before and go back to it. Go back to it. Even just spend those five minutes in your day reading something that has previously encouraged you. Or if there's even a modern Catholic writer, you could go to their website, go to their social media, see what they're sharing, what they're talking about, or even, you know, not reading, but taking in a new podcast, something that might encourage and inspire you. Try something new. Take on some new reading. And even as basic as picking up your Bible, reading the Psalms. The Psalms have all of human emotion expressed inside of them. Everything, anger and abandonment, and joy, and gratitude, fear, longing. It's all expressed there inside of the Psalms. The fullness of the human experience, the full spectrum of human emotions are expressed inside of the Psalms. So maybe browse through the Psalms and see if you can find something that speaks to what you are feeling right now and read those ancient words of prayer and unite your heart to those words in reaching out to God. Sometimes we feel like God is far away and we feel like we can't pray because we don't think we have the right words. Well, the Psalms can fill that in for you. Or if you need to rely on formal prayers, we have such a rich diversity of traditional prayers inside of our Catholic faith. Lock into some of those, tap into them, use those words. They've already been written for you. You don't have to have your own eloquent speech prepared for God to be able to connect with him in a meaningful way. This is what these formal prayers are for. You probably have some of them memorized. Spend some time truly in that way, reading, reading something that will inspire you, whether it's the Psalms or a spiritual classic or a modern work um, that inspires you in your spiritual life to grow. There are like dozens of different 
um, daily emails that you can sign up for. And maybe that would be, this would be a good time to experiment with something like that. Because if you sign up for a daily email that you like, whether it's, you know, focused on the the daily gospels and reflections, catholicmom.com has some that you can sign up for and you'll get them sent to your inbox every single morning. And I, I love these because they're very brief and it just takes the gospel passage for the day, offers a brief reflection some uh, words of a prompt toward prayer, and then some questions to inspire you to think more about the theme inside of that gospel. That can be a structured way to just add a little bit of prayer to your day, add a connection to God to your day. So read something and look for a way to make it like a no-brainer part of your every day. If you aren't already a reader, if you don't have stacks of books around your house that you're constantly turning toward, look for a a time inside of your routine, whether it's in the morning or at night before you go to bed, where you can have some time set aside for reading. You can have some time set aside to be working through whatever spiritual work perhaps that you've loved in the past that you're going to get back to. Just a little bit at a time. It will feed your soul. You need, during times of spiritual dryness, during times when God feels far away, You need that kind of nurturing of your soul. You need that kind of spiritual food to be feeding yourself. And so much better to pick up a book and be reading these words of a spiritual classic, perhaps, or something that has inspired you in the past than to be scrolling mindlessly through social media, which, let's face it, that's how so many of us are filling those little empty spots in our days, right? I'm guilty of it, too. But you know, have these books available to yourself. Do what you need to do, whether it's putting it on your Kindle or downloading them on Audible or, you know, so that you have them available when you go for a walk or having the physical book in your home. Look for ways to inspire yourself to do more reading in a way that's going to really nurture and educate and inform you about your relationship with God. Or maybe it's going to inspire you of a new way of looking at your relationship with God that you hadn't previously considered or inspire you with an example from somebody else's life, God's presence in their life that they share about in a real and meaningful way or simply those words of scripture. You could read and reread a favorite scripture passage. Just spend a little quiet time each day reflecting on that. So look for ways that you can incorporate reading in a way that's going to really feed your soul. Okay, and now the third thing that I want to mention that you can do when you're feeling like God is far away is to reach out to other people in your life. I already mentioned reaching out to people and asking them to pray for you, but actually reaching out and connecting with them. Because a lot of times when we are feeling dry in our spiritual lives, when we're feeling like we're removed from God or God is removed from our lives in ways that discourage us, it's because we're going through something hard, perhaps. And it's during those times that we tend to withdraw from other people as well. And we those kinds of responses, you know, withdrawing from other people, withdrawing from our relationship with God, not putting that effort in to connect with God and with the people that he places in our lives, those two go hand in hand. And the not being connected with other people can be a way that you're feeling disconnected from God because our relationships with other people are meant to be a way a real way that we experience connection with God in our lives through our relationships with the people that he places in our lives, beginning in our own marriages, beginning in our own homes with our families, with our kids, with our extended family, and then moving on to our communities, to our friendships, to our church communities, to the world at large. We're meant to be connected with other human beings in ways that connect us to God because it's through those relationships that we're going to truly be giving of ourselves 
in the way that God intends for us to, in the way that brings meaning to our lives. Because God is love and we are made in the image and likeness of God. That means we are meant to be that embodiment of love to the people that God places in our lives. And it's through that experience of giving of ourselves to others, first and foremost, to our vocation. And for most of us, that's marriage. So giving of ourselves, sacrificially giving of ourselves, making a gift of ourselves inside of our marriages, inside of our home and family life, inside of our parenting, inside of our motherhood. That's how we grow connected to God. That's how we grow closer to God. That's how we become more perfectly the people that he intends us to be. It's how we more perfectly live out our vocation, our calling, what God means us to be. And it's inside of that that we are going to grow in connection to him, in understanding of who he is and who he made us to be in real ways. So connect with others. Start with the people in your own home and family. If you're married, you begin in your married relationship. That's how God intends it. He means for you to be giving of yourself there first and foremost. And then if you have children, beginning there. But for anybody, begin with the people that God has placed in your life. It might be roommates if you're a single person. It might be people in your workplace. Look for the ways in which God is calling you to give of yourself to others, to truly connect with the people he has placed in your life and be giving of yourself to them. We've talked about this before here on the podcast, this universal call to motherhood that St. John Paul II writes so beautifully about. And yet it doesn't mean that every woman is going to biologically be a mother, but it does mean every woman is called to make a gift of herself in that motherly way, in that uniquely feminine way of pouring out yourself as a gift to others, nurturing the people that God has placed in your life. Now, maybe that means nurturing your marriage. Maybe that means reaching out to girlfriends that you have been neglecting. Maybe that means getting back in touch with an old friend. Maybe that means connecting with your, your children or your grown adult children in new and meaningful ways. Maybe it means beginning something at your own parish to connect with other people or joining something that already exists at your parish to connect with other people or in your community. I just want to encourage you to spend some time thinking about that. If you feel like God is far away, I want to encourage you to spend some time thinking about ways in which you can connect with other people in your life that will be meaningful. The ways in which God might be calling you, even though he seems far away, through opportunities for you to connect with people and give of yourself to people in real and meaningful and lasting ways. Okay, so those are my three, my three ideas for things to do when God feels far away. First of all, pray. Power of prayer, we cannot overestimate it. Number two, read. Read something that inspires you or go to the scriptures or read formal prayers. Number three, reach out to others. Connect with others in ways that are going to tap into what God made you to do. God made you in his image and God is love. So look for ways that he might be calling you to be love to the people that he's placed in your life and to uniquely become more connected and closer to him through that. But I'm sure you have ideas to share on this topic as well. Is this something you've wrestled with when God feels far away? What worked for you? What did not work for you? 
Are you struggling through this right now? I'd love to hear from you and know what your challenges are that you're facing right now today in your life, in your corner of the world. So you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. If you really want to make my day, you can record a voice memo on your phone, send it to me at that email address, or connect with me on social media. I am Danielle Bean on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always happy to connect with Girlfriends listeners in all of those places. All right, coming up, I've got some listener feedback and a question about summertime schedules. So don't go anyway, but first we're going to have a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback, sometimes take on a listener question. And that is what I received today, an email from Andrea, who writes, Dear Danielle, it feels terrible to say, but I am dreading this summer. I have four kids ages six to 14. And at least while school was happening, we had some semblance of a routine around here. Now I dread a long summer with no activities, no camps, etc. I work from home now three days a week, and the idea of keeping everyone fed and clean and entertained all summer long has me feeling drained already. Please help, Andrea. Okay, Andrea, I think we can feel your pain. Um, I heard this question actually from a dad this last week, and I thought this is something we should take up on the podcast or maybe some articles at catholicmom.com because... This is something a lot of us are facing. We are facing an unusual situation, right? Many of us. Summertimes with no activities. There's no sports. There's no camps. There's no usual stuff. We're having to rethink our vacation plans, many of us. And so I can completely understand that. Um, So I just have a few things maybe that I would share with you, Andrea. The first thing that stood out to me was you were talking about, you know, when the kids were in school, even though it was remote learning, I'm sure, at least you had some routine. And there's no reason why you can't have a summer routine. I'm going to encourage you to do that. Make a routine. Have a certain time that kids get out of bed in the morning. I mean, yes, you can relax your schedules, um, but have a certain routine for when they're going to bed at night. Have a routine for when you break for lunch or when you, you know, whatever it is you want the kids to be doing every day. Make a routine for it. Kids like that anyway. And though part of the fun of summer vacation is usually a relaxed routine, you can still do that. It can be a relaxed routine, but you know what? You are the boss of your home. (laughs) So many times I think we moms need this reminder, right? That we can set a routine. We can set schedules in our own home, inside those spaces of our own home. We don't need it imposed on us from the outside, from school schedules and uh, school demands and deadlines. And, And some of us, of course, are better at this than others. We have the temperament that likes schedules or doesn't like schedules or whatever. But, you know, figure out something that works for you and your own preferences and then do make that routine. And you might want to write it all out. You might want to have a family meeting so everybody is kind of buying into this idea of what you're doing. Get their input on what things should be getting done every day. 
Okay. And speaking of getting stuff done every day, you do need to set some standards for their contributions around the household. This is something we're going to be doing. Dun, dun, dun. Bean kids, get ready. (laughs) I was talking with Dan about it just the other day that going into the summer, we definitely need to have different expectations for the kids who are home for their daily contributions around the house. Yes, chores. Yes, everyday things. And maybe you already have your kids doing that kind of thing. But think about the ways in which maybe in your summertime routine, um, those things are relaxed in a point to a point where it becomes a burden for you. For sure, I have done this and this might be part of what you're dreading because you mentioned keeping everybody fed and cleaned and entertained. Well, I would say, you know what? Perhaps the entertainment is not your job, Andrea. <laughs> you know, unless it's, you know, a special family, you know, movie night or other thing where you're going to plan some sort of entertainment. Keeping your kids entertained all day long, that's not your job. No way. No way is that a mom's job. So, um, as uh, countercultural as that might be, because, you know, pick up a modern parenting magazine and it's all about like all these things you can be doing to entertain your kids. And, and and it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad to like do crafts with your kids or different kinds of activities or play with your kids. But that isn't our job. That is not our number one job. And in fact, it does a disservice sometimes to our kids when we do too much of that. But set some standards for their contribution. So make that a part of your schedule. Make a schedule and it doesn't have to be like super regimented if you're not going to enjoy that or if you feel like that's going to not make summer very fun. Um, but make it fit your temperament and your kids' temperaments and what your your family's goals are for the summer. And then set some standards for what they're going to contribute, what their regular daily chores are going to be like. You know, um, maybe there's something like video games or television that you kind of relax what the rules are during the summertime. Well, maybe setting up the chores in conjunction with that. Like you can play video games after these things are done each day. Basic stuff, loading and unloading the dishwasher, running a load of laundry. The ages of your kids are varied, but there are plenty of them in there that can handle those kinds of things. So giving them age-appropriate jobs and basic things that they're going to be expected to contribute around the household. Um, The reason I had this conversation with my husband, Dan, recently was because we've been pretty lax about it. And we kind of thought this is actually doing a disservice to us all, the fact that we're we're lax about this. So, um, you know, family life kind of goes through phases like that. And it's okay to acknowledge that and recognize whether maybe an old chore system is no longer working for you or you're no longer enforcing it or whatever. But the beginning of a new season and the summer is a great one is an opportunity to kind of reassess that. Like, do these daily routines make sense for us right now? And if not, what will make sense? What are some basic contributions that we can reasonably expect from each of our kids? Your kids are not, and I'm not saying you think this, Andrea, but many of us fall into this kind of mindset of thinking our kids are like kings and queens that when we're their servants, of course, we're meant to be sacrificially giving to our families and doing things that serve them. We're doing that all day long and you're doing that on the days of the week where you're working as well. But recognize that they're not, you know, little kings and queens that we need to be pleasing and entertaining at all times. Um, Because it's easy to fall into that mindset, especially in today's culture that tends in that direction to fall into that mindset and then feel like we're falling short of some ideal when we aren't able to do that or where we feel when we feel overwhelmed by the idea of that or we're dreading summer. I mean, what a sad thing to be dreading summer. You should be looking forward to summer. And I'm not blaming you for that. <laughs> we all can uh, relate to that feeling of, you know, something's changing and, and you're feeling like something's shifting and it feels overwhelming at the beginning. 
Okay. Also, I want to recommend, Andrea, that you make some fun plans, whatever they might be, whatever you're able to make fun plans for. Maybe the kids' camps got canceled. What can you do instead? Could you go camping as a family? Many national parks and state parks are open now. I kind of feel like this this little couple of months maybe where stuff is going to be open like this might just be a little window of opportunity before things maybe need to close down again in the fall. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but it sounds like perhaps there's going to be a resurgence of COVID-19 and we're going to, again, be living in a more restricted way. So whatever there is that you're able to take advantage of, whether it's parks or campgrounds or other, you know, fun things that you might plan together as a family, make those plans. And, and maybe when, if and when you have that family meeting, get your family's input on what they might like to do. Could be as simple as, you know, planning a fire in the fire pit outside in the yard or having friends over for, um, you know, a game of wiffle ball in the, in the yard and uh, sleeping in tents outdoors. You know, it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to be a big plan. It doesn't have to involve a lot of exchange of potential exchange of germs. Um, but make some fun plans together for what you might like to do. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It could be a, a few different day trips to the, the ocean or to a nearby lake or to hike a, a mountain that's near you. I don't know where you live, but there's always ample opportunities for that kind of thing in all the areas of the country. We live in a beautiful place. So look for ways that you can do that. Make some fun plans. And then finally, I just want to reiterate, Andrea, that um, you're not alone in, in feeling that way. And it, it doesn't mean you're a bad mom. Um, to be dreading the summer because of that feeling of overwhelm. And and we women, we take on so many things inside of our family lives. And especially during this time of quarantine and the this time of COVID-19, many of us have been taking on things just like you, balancing working from home with our kids' remote learning, with possibly supporting a spouse who is also working from home, with all the regular stuff, the meals and laundry and bedtime routines and whatever's getting done on a regular basis in your home, so much of that falls on our shoulders. No wonder we're exhausted. No wonder we feel like we're dreading a change in routine that might possibly be asking more of us. That's very normal. But I want to encourage you also to know that you're not meant to be your kid's entertainer. And, and if they get bored this summer, that's actually a gift. I've had to learn this and relearn this and remind myself and re-remind myself of this over and over again as a mom, that allowing your kids to become bored just stealing yourself through the time in which they're whining at you. I'm so bored. There's nothing to do, you know, and just repeating to them, you know, go outside, find something to do. Um, give them that, that kind of 70s parenting, <laughs> that 70s and 80s parenting that I was blessed to grow up with. Uh, my mom wasn't entertaining us. Um, maybe this is an opportunity for you and your family to have more of an old-fashioned summer. Don't be afraid of being bored. Some of the most wonderful opportunities where my kids became creative, connected with each other and perhaps with other friends in fun ways, in creative ways, came when I just was stubborn about the fact like, no, you're not going to turn on the television right now. You're going to be bored. And something good just might come out of that. You might just pick up a book. You might just pick up a craft. You might just go and sit quietly in the woods. And that would be a very good thing for you. You know, um, I think we, we need to recognize the, the value of that kind of thing, the value of maybe this is going to be an old-fashioned summer. And that might be a good thing. It might be a gift for you and your family. 
Anyway, I want to thank you for your question, Andrea. I truly appreciate it. Truly can relate to it. I'm sure many others can too. If you have some feedback you want to offer for me at the Girlfriends Podcast, whether it's a topic you want me to take up or a question like Andrea had, or maybe you have something you want to add to what I've shared here with Andrea, what are you planning this summer? Let me know what's going on in your corner of the world. I'd love to hear from you. Danielle at DanielleBean.com. And now before we have to go, I just want to ask you, if you enjoyed today's show, if you enjoy the Girlfriends Podcast, please share it with a friend. Help us to grow our community of listeners here at Girlfriends. We all benefit from that. So if you enjoy the show, maybe post a link on social media. Maybe go over to iTunes and leave us a review there. That's actually a very helpful way for us to reach new listeners because iTunes pays attention to that kind of thing. Rate us and review us over at iTunes. Hugely valuable. Or just let a friend know in real life that you enjoy the podcast and share with them how they can listen to. We'd love to grow our community of Girlfriends listeners here at the podcast. But thank you so much just for being a part of today's show. I love that you show up here. I love that we're able to connect here week after week. It's truly encouraging to me to know that you are a part of the Girlfriends community. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you've been here many times, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're a part of our community. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.